Good day, dear listeners. Steve Prader here with the Management Blueprint Podcast. And my guest today is Dave Fink, the CEO and co-founder of Posty, a marketing technology company that has transformed direct mail by enabling it to perform like a digital channel, generating an over 13x return to its advertisers. Dave, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I've been looking forward to this. I'm very curious about how you did that. I long had a soft spot for direct mail, which I used extensively, built my business on it 15 years ago or so, or or even longer now. And it worked beautifully for a while. And then we moved over here to the States and it wasn't working very well. And I always wondered why. I had a couple of ideas, but nevertheless, I I saw saw it as a, a dying genre. And you're kind of reviving it. So can you tell me your story of uh, becoming an entrepreneur, starting in the beauty industry with a couple of startups and then uh, transitioning over to direct mail with Posty and how that all played out? Sure. I think maybe the synopsis version for the purpose of, of this conversation really is that since about 1999, I had spent my entire career in, in the consumer internet space. And I've had the kind of fun and I think you know, mental challenge of bouncing back and forth between marketing technology businesses and then consumer brands that relied really heavily on marketing technology to provide advantage. And I've always been in kind of the startup through rapid growth stage where efficiency matters, having um, some competitive advantage that allows your business to compete with much bigger, more established foundational businesses is mission critical. And I think I, at a relatively young age and early stage in my career, learned that leveraging math and testing and optimization and data prediction in order to be very efficient with the way that you think about growth and scaling is an advantage that early stage companies have. Mm-hmm. And you know, you touched on a number of topics there on, as we got started. One of those topics was that you know, direct mail or there are certain channels that that are either not as utilized, I guess, as, as they have been in the past. And our experience with the past six years of building Posty, focusing specifically on the direct mail space, has suggested or has has, I think enlightened us to the fact that that's not really the case, but that is the case in two kind of key company types. One of those company types are businesses that you know were created over the last 15 years or so in the digital mm-hmm. you know, era. And those businesses just naturally were built on digital media channels. It, the technology and the innovation that's gone in those channels is remarkable. We all know that at this point. And you had a bunch of relatively young, in some cases inexperienced, but very smart you know, marketers that became quantitative at a very early age and immediately jumped into kind of the most innovative channels, which happened to be digital. So they didn't you know, move away from direct mail. They just, it wasn't the first channel that they went to. They didn't understand kind of the systems that are required to make direct mail work. And all along, you know, this has been a $40 billion a year in you know industry here in the US alone. It's still massive, it's still highly effective. But what we're trying to do is, is help by building innovation and technology that allows a channel to be managed no differently than you would manage any digital channel. We're trying to help marketers who did not grow up in a more analog world to be able to get the value out of the channel because it's so important right now as there's been, you know 
consolidation and challenges on, on, on our core platforms like social and search. Yeah, so there is a stuff here because I want to make a note to myself and I wanted to ask a question, which may be a little bit out of place here, but uh, just before I forget. So in terms of the deliverability of direct mail, I think we touched upon our prequel a little bit that one of the challenges that the B2B space that it's very hard to reach the end consumer because you, you're sending the direct mail to a gatekeeper who probably file it to the round file. Is there a legit way of actually sending to personal addresses of, of company leaders direct mail or that's, that's off the table? Sure. Well, I think there are two things that you touched on. One is when you're trying to get, as you said, through gatekeepers or a tangible piece of mail delivered to a mail room and then distributed to the individual. In theory, I guess there's some additional challenges, but the, the reality is that, look, it wouldn't be legal to not deliver a piece of mail sent to the U.S. Postal Service to, to the recipient. doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. But I, I don't know that that's the biggest challenge. I think the bigger challenge is knowing who the individual you want to reach is. It's one thing to say, hey, I want to reach the marketing you know, team at company X, Y, and Z. It's nothing to say that, hey, I know that these three people are influencers and these two people are the, the buying decision makers and these two people are probably involved in the buying committee. I want to be able to reach you know, each of those I think I named seven titles. And so interestingly, like, I think you know, now more than ever, there are great B2B data sources out there, oftentimes used primarily for digital channels like email outreach, but they can be used. You know, and then there's certainly you know, LinkedIn that is just an absolute treasure trove of, of information. So building not just your ICP, ideal customer profile, but the actual individuals mapping those organizations. On one hand, never been easier. On the other hand, it's a lot of work because it's easier than ever before. Mm-hmm. The, the other challenge I think that comes into play in delivering a physical advertisement really was a COVID and work from home issue, which is you know, just when we all you know, kind of thought you know, we had the right data sources and could reach individuals at their workplace... All of a sudden, everybody's working from home. And look, I'm the first to say, I, you know, I don't want to be anyone. You know, I don't want work cold calls on my personal cell phone or my landline. I don't actually have one. But if I did, I wouldn't want <laughs> to be reached there. I'd want to be reached in a professional setting during, during business hours. You know, perfect example was, I, I think there's nothing more offensive than getting called on, on a weekend for a business call. This isn't trying to sell me fiber in my own home. This is work call. And, and just as uh, two weekends ago, I got a call and, and, the, and the answer started... Or the caller said, I'm going to be up front. I know I'm, I, this is a work call. I'm calling you on a Sunday and it's a cold call. And I said, it sounds like you have a pretty good... You know, understanding of why this that would be a bad decision, and I'm not interested in talking to you right now. Um, and I did, wasn't trying to be rude, but I get you know a little bit of time with my family in between you know, busy work weeks. That, you know, I, I think that's really bothersome. But something like a, an active, blended with passive media channel like direct mail, where you're actively reaching an individual in a very personalized way, but you're giving them the decision on when they want to engage with that ad is. I, I don't think there's anything disrespectful about that. The challenge is how do you find people's home addresses? And, and that's a challenge in B2B. It, it, it is. And, and, it, and to be quite honest, it's, it's not something that I think any data provider has solved. But we are also seeing more and more companies moving a higher percentage of their workforce back to the office. So that, that, pro, that challenge may, be, may dissipate over time yeah. anyways. Okay. 
I just want to get this out there. So, so go, going back to the direct mail, um, so what, how has the direct mail market evolved in your view of the last 15 years? You say the new companies have been focusing on digital and maybe they kind of dropped the ball on it, but, but surely there was a transition. People channeled resources into digital, which had to come from, from, come away from somewhere. And maybe some of it came from, uh, from direct mail. So how do, how do you see the evolution of, of direct mail? Was there a decline? Is there an increase? Or is it just a lower level? Or is it the same level? It's just the digital was an extra channel that grew up on the side. Give me a context here. Well, I would think about it in terms of kind of macro trends and both within advertising and, and even just business in general, consumer engagement in general. My perspective on the reason why folks like us you know, spent so much effort engaging with digital channels was because you know, there are three buckets of capabilities that are really valuable in addressable marketing. You know, marketing where you're able to target individuals personally, you know, different than more of your branding efforts where TV is built based on, you know, it's not one-to-one outside of addressable TV, a linear TV and, and billboards or out of home is, is not an addressable channel. But digital has greatly become addressable, right? When you think about social platforms and search and programmatic display and email, those are channels that allow you, A, you know, the ability to reach specific individuals that you want to reach. You know, B, it provides you the targeting in many cases so that you can be really specific in understanding who you want to target, how to target them. And then that leads to you know, your messaging and your frequency and, and really thinking about them as individuals or, or tight groups of individuals with similar commonalities, which allows you to, to really focus you know, why your product or service would be a benefit to that specific individual or that, that tight group of individuals. So that, that's piece one is really the, the targeting capability of digital. Piece two is executional stuff. With digital ad serving, you don't have to deal with manufacturing and production and complex logistics. You still have deliverability issues on things yeah. like email or ad serving, you know, no question about that, but you don't have to deal with the manufacturing. And so all the automation and deliverability of your ads has been incredibly, you know, innovative. And then the third piece is measurement. And certainly measurement's a hot topic. There are, you know, there's no one source of truth per se, but there's never been a time when it's been more possible to triangulate performance, understanding which of your marketing hypotheses, which of your touch points are working best and, and helping you make better budgeting decisions. So all those three things really accelerated in the digital era because of technology. In direct mail, up until really modern times, none of that had really been innovated. The delivery was still the same. The lead times on campaign deployment was st- were still the same. The, you know, kind of the rudimentary ways that data was being used in most cases, not all, there were some savvy folks out there and organizations out there, but mostly it was much more basic than what's been done over the last decade or so with machine learning and and modern predictive mathematics. And measurement was really clunky and inaccurate. Um, It was possible, but it was, it was not as clean as it is now. And so our perspective was not that you know that direct mail isn't effective or isn't scalable. Um, it was just how do you take you know what we've learned over the last twenty years, create the ideal targeting capabilities, you know, tighten up and make deliverability fast and accurate and smooth and simple. And then how do you make measurement clear so that the learnings that you're taking away from any campaign tactic or strategy, when you know when you replicate that 
in the future, it actually delivers the results as expected. So that, that's, I mean, direct mail has always been a channel where those things have been possible. It's just been really hard to pull that off without technology. So are you saying that now with direct mail, it's just like any other digital channel, you can get all the benefits of measurableness and fast delivery and uh, you know, customization, uh, direct response, I guess, uh, elements. Do you have all these things now in direct mail? There's no, no drawback of direct mail compared to uh, digital? A hundred percent. I mean, look, every channel has has its benefits and has challenges and marketing is hard. It's hard to build a brand and tell your story and have consistency and growth and have the confidence to keep spending into your test optimization strategy. But a hundred percent. I mean, we see day in, day out with thousands of advertisers, tens of thousands of campaigns, you know, tens of millions of, of ads that are distributed through the platform that direct mail is a highly performant channel, impactful in your marketing stack and helps make all your other channels collectively work better as well. So how do, how do you measure it? Because surely it's, it's harder for someone to respond to a direct mail piece than to just click a link and go to a website. They actually have to physically do something. They have to go to the computer. They have to type something in. Or is there other ways to create the response that's measurable? Yeah, there, there are a number of ways that you can implement your primaries and secondary you know, measurement. And it's I'm a big believer and proponent that you should be looking at, at all of your, your channels in multiple ways. There's kind of two goals in, in measurement. Goal, goal one is, is evaluating what you did. Something in your most recent marketing execution deliver positive or negative results and what can you learn from it? The other piece I think is more important, which is, is the expectation of replicating what you just did likely to deliver similar results. And the reason that's important is because what you're trying to do is figure out how you can allocate more budget into things that are working. So it's great to know what worked in the past, but if if that doesn't help provide guidance into what's likely to work in the future, then it's not providing the leverage that you're looking for from being a quantitative marketing organization. And so with measurement in direct mail in particular, direct mail is a channel that requires you to, to know the, the physical address of the individual. And in most cases, the, the name of the individual. So every test cell that's, a, that's set up through a direct mail campaign, you have this, you know, this entirely clean audience and data on that audience, name and address. You have this very clear deterministic match key. And if you're a business, and this isn't, doesn't apply for all businesses, but more businesses now than ever before either have a direct-to-consumer relationship online or through a mobile app or are doing a better job collecting consumer data at their point of sale, either through a loyalty program or through some kind of registration. And that allows them to know their customer better. It also allows them to have, a, a, again, a deterministic match key. If you know the name and address of your transactor, your converter, your customer, and you can map that back cleanly to an individual who received a piece of direct mail during a specific tight attribution window, then you know that direct mail piece had an effect in driving that action. Mm -hmm. And then there's other more complicated mathematical structures that you can look at incrementality and, and, and lift compared to a longitudinal view on, on 
uh, including direct mail or not including direct mail into your media mix. And then for those brands that, that don't have the ability or haven't quite implemented the ability to capture that name and address at, at conversion event, there are ways to leverage other data, secondary data sets for at least some blend of, of probabilistic measurements, such as URLs or um, you know, uh, digital you know, fingerprints or QR codes. Mm-hmm. You know, those are not as clean, but you, you can only do as much as you can do as yeah. a brand. So basically, the trick is you have to get the recipient to do something. And uh, sometimes they do something that you can accurately identify them. Sometimes it's just a probabilistic identification. But anyway, they have to respond. And now the next question uh, here is how do you make them respond? And respond. And we talked about that you know, there are different frameworks to essentially influence people. And I wonder what is it that you... Uh, I mean, is there a framework that you use and maybe three or four ideas that help uh, uh, a copywriter influence people so that they do pick up the phone and they do go to the internet and type something in or take a picture of the QR code or do something. So what is your framework for that? Sure. I mean, I can talk, I think, high, high level a bit, a bit about how you drive performance. And then certainly we have team of, a t- you know, team of optimization specialists and service providers who are even more nuanced these days about the specific targets that are working today and in this season and with just, specific just verticals. Just give us the high level. So I will do my best as uh, in, in a ten thousand foot view. But first of all, testing is everything. So I know that you know, maybe sounds obvious, but sometimes we forget about it. And what I mean by that is the beauty of, of addressable or quantitative channels is that it's possible to do A, B, and multivariate testing. Right? Identify the specific components of audience selection and creative and frequency and in order to to learn each time we're allocating budget right we want to take something away and understand what 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 is driving performance there's certainly best practices but what works for every brand and every product and service is going to be slightly different sometimes it's it's dramatically different there are three levers that you can pull to drive performance and i just you know mentioned those so one is targeting and we can come back to that the second is creative and that's everything from the overall design of a piece of creative to the subject line to the way you're presenting your benefits to subcontent or any offer a CTA a call to action certainly the the overall aesthetic whether you're using product photography and imagery or lifestyle imagery all of those things matter and oftentimes matter to very nuanced segment by segment basis so what works for you know your early adopters may not be the same thing that's going to work for harder to convert prospects someone in if you have a product or service that appeals to a broad set of geographies you know the way that people respond in the east coast during winter may be very different than the south or the west coast where very different weather patterns mm-hmm. so all those things matter and and because of it you got to test you have to bring enough budget to every channel to be able to get enough test cells and certainly the bigger budget that you can allocate up front the more that you can test the quicker that you can learn what works but you got to be committed to that the to talk in specifics i did not always believe this in my career but over the last 10 or so years i think you know partly it as the democracy of content the internet became ubiquitous to how consumers you know engage with research and how they shop being authentic to your brand i think is absolutely critical doesn't mean that you can't stray, stray away from it to drive a little bit of a higher conversion rate 
in a campaign or another. But in the long run, consistency and authenticity almost always wins out. And what I mean by that is if you start a business, you understand the problem that you're trying to solve. You understand the differentiation. The key is figuring out how to tell that through all of your advertising channels, all your content channels, consistently, frequently, and make sure that that message lands. And that doesn't matter whether it's an email or whether it's a podcast that you're doing or whether it's a TV spot or whether it's a billboard or whether it's um, content you're presenting at a conference or whether it's a direct mail piece the consistency with which um, you communicate to your customers on your product, your service, your benefit statement, the reasons why they should pay attention, it matters. Then you start looking at, you know, kind of the broad strokes. And and there was a, a really thoughtful marketer at one of the most notable brands in the world that I was talking to a few months back. And he talked about how he's always wrestling with his brand marketing team on not everything they do has to be painting Rembrandt's. I think was his exact turn, meaning that you got to be able to be a little less precious and and test things. That doesn't mean stray away from your brand, but that does mean if you want to test a slightly different message or a different set of images, you don't have to sit around and wait until you have the perfect image or the perfect copy. You can get something that represents exactly what you're going after and you can get it out fast and you can learn quickly and then you can work on making it more perfect over time. If you're doing it right, you're going to be throwing out way more content than you're going to be recycling and reusing. It's just you're always testing and you're always trying to find performance gains. So if you're not, if you have winners and losers in your test, if you don't have enough losers, that means you're just not testing enough. You're just yeah. not trying enough. Yeah. So lots of so, testing is good to go. Yeah. So those are some high levels. I mean, we, we you know your audience better than than I. So you know, we certainly can go down the rabbit hole a bit more if you think valuable on on specifics. But I think that to me, you know, those are some principles that yeah. I think you can take into any channel, but you definitely should take into direct mail. Yeah. So the three things I heard, content, creative, and testing. So if you get those three right, then you have the basic building blocks and then create the consistency and the authenticity to the brand that is critical. And uh, But at the same time, you don't have to be, don't allow the perfect to be the enemy of the good. So testing is really important and it's worth sacrificing a little bit maybe of the consistency or the authenticity to get enough testing so that you can actually experiment with new types of messages and and evolve your marketing. Because if, if you're super consistent, then essentially you're not uh, trying hard enough to figure out what works and what doesn't work. Uh, yeah, I, l- I love how you said that. Sometimes we are our own worst enemies. And so you got to move quickly. Consumers are evolve faster than ever before, and you can't be afraid to test. That's awesome. So Dave, that's really exciting. I'm very excited about turning direct mail into, uh, you know, bring it into the 2020s and make it a digital channel where you can experiment, test, measure, improve, tweak, like you could do your social media marketing and other marketing channels, email. So if people would like to learn more about this new age of direct mail that you're ushering in and they want to engage with you, perhaps, or your team, where should they go? Sure. Like, yeah, we follow our own, I think, advice here. And so we're always trying to produce you know, better and more informant content on our website. It's a constant work in progress, but lots of great information on our company, but more importantly, on case studies and how brands are using the channel and succeeding at posty.com. 
P-O-S-T-I-E.com. Always great to talk with savvy marketers and brands. And so um, I can I can be found most easily on LinkedIn. Dave L. Fink, um, I think is my handle. And or yeah, certainly if you if you look for Dave Fink and Posty, uh, I'll pop up and, and LinkedIn Messenger is a great way to communicate. That's awesome. So definitely check out Posty and uh, how to send direct mail in the current uh, era I, i'm going to test it as well again and to be also sure to visit mbppod.com so management blueprint mbppod.com where all the transcripts are going to be appearing from now on and if you'd like a custom operating system for your business then be sure to check out stevepreda.com my name.com which is, which is my website, and you can find some book downloads and, and other goodies. So thank you for coming on the show, and uh, thank you, Dave Fink, the CEO and co-founder of Posty. Thanks for, uh, for coming today and sharing your uh, inventions in the direct mail space. Thanks for having me. It's always great to talk to you, a fellow marketer who understands this content at a very deep level. That's awesome. Thank you. 